In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to relieve our fears about being people that make mistakes as disciples of Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever not done something because you were afraid? I think we all probably can find ourselves in that moment in time at at some place in our lives where we've decided that that we're just not going to do that because it's just a little bit too scary. Maybe it's not asking that person out on a date. Maybe it's not applying for that job or that position. Maybe it's something completely different. But there are things that realistically scare us and scare us so badly that they kind of paralyze us and, and get us to the point where we say, well, I, I'm, I'm just not going to go there. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I think oftentimes in our Christian lives, that is something that, that we kind of deal with. I mean, it, it is kind of a scary prospect. We, we work for a holy God. We work for the God who answers back to Job sarcastically. Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Were you there when I set the limits on the sea? Were you there when you, all of this stuff? And, and we go, well, no, I wasn't. And I can't tell you how that happens. And I don't know. And sometimes we, we get a little bit afraid of, of even doing anything in the kingdom. Because we're a little bit afraid that, well, we know ourselves, and we know that we mess up on on a regular basis, just in our own lives, and uh, we don't want to defame the kingdom of God by messing something up in his church. We, We don't want to sometimes talk to our neighbors about what we believe because we're afraid that we just won't know enough in order to answer whatever their questions might be. Or we're afraid of letting other people know that we are Christians because we're afraid that we might go and do something that doesn't look all that Christian in just a couple of hours. And we're afraid what that's going to look like. And so instead of doing things for the kingdom, a lot of times what we end up doing is we end up just saying, well, I'm I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to maybe go to church. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do some private things. But uh, generally speaking, I'm, I'm going to try not to do too much with this. And, and, and then we, you know, we, we sort of justify that. We, we say, well, I, I'm a Lutheran. That means you know, whatever it is that you're trying to make an excuse for. But the, the reality is that we worship a God who loves our goofs. He loves us. As goofs. He knows who we are. It's not surprising to God that we sin. In fact, none of our sins are even surprising to God. God knows what our sins are even before we know what our sins are. And, and so God does not look at us in a way that, that says, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to hand you this, this Christian belief. I'm going to hand you the church. I'm going to hand you uh, the, this opportunity to witness without understanding our ability to goof it up and yet he still gives us the keys to the car he still 
gives us the, the keys to the family car. This happened for me when I was learning how to drive myself. And I, I remember at, at one point, uh, we were on a long road trip, and uh, my dad pulled the car over, and, and we got some gas, and he said, Jay, it's your turn to drive. And it, it was my first time driving on the interstate. And I, for a moment, I thought, I, I'm not sure that I want this. I, I think that I'm kind of afraid of this. I, I don't want to take the keys to the family car because, well, the interstate is really fast. And what if I do something that's just wrong-headed? And I, I think that, that picture, that moment kind of expresses a lot of where we can be sometimes. This sort of desire to say, I, I, I'm not sure that I want to go there. Well, here we have this, this interesting story that, that pops up in the Gospels. It's this story where uh, Jesus starts it off by, uh, it, it's interesting the, the words that Matthew chooses, that uh, J- Jesus starts off basically by forcing his disciples to go and get into the boat. You know, it, it seems like that Jesus actually almost has to do a, a, a little bit of convincing them, like, no, 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 get out of here. Um, and, and so they get in the boat and, and they start rowing against the wind. We, we hear that it's a windy day and they're rowing against the wind while Jesus goes somewhere else to pray. And, and when Jesus is done praying, he, you know, uh, he, he looks out across and, and he sees where the boat is and, you know, and, and, and it's already evening. And then all of a sudden we fast forward to the, the fourth watch of the night, which we're talking probably about 4 a.m. at this point. It's early in the morning. It's just a little bit before the sun rises. And and so this is the moment that Jesus chooses to say, well, okay, I'm going to, now now I'm going to go catch up to them. And how does Jesus catch up to them? Well, he walks on the water. And so he walks on the water over there and all of the disciples see him and they're like, it's a ghost. And so they're afraid. And they're wondering, okay, what do we do with this? And then you have this, this interesting moment between, between Jesus and Peter in, in the midst of all of this fear. You, you have Peter saying, Lord, if it's you, call me out there to come and walk on the water with you. Now, that's an interesting statement by Peter because it's not like Peter has seen Jesus walk on the water before and, and, you know, and Jesus has been like, come on, Peter. It's not like Peter has this framework of, oh, well, if it's Jesus, I know that I'll be able to walk on water. But rather, this just seems to be one of those like Peter things. So, you know, Peter comes up with some kind of test for Jesus and, and, uh, and he goes, well, how about this, Jesus? And Jesus says, come. And sure enough, Peter starts to walk on the water. And as, as he starts to walk on the water, it, it, he, start, he sees something, and he sees the wind pick up. And he gets afraid. And in the moment that he gets afraid, he begins to sink. And he cries out to God, Lord, help me. And Jesus then grabs him. And pulls him up. And, and there's, there's this amazing moment there that expresses so much of what our Christian life can look like sometimes. 
So much of the time in, in our lives with God, we come up with whatever it is that uh, we think that is going to prove to us that God is there for us. We say, well, Lord, if, if it's really you, I, I need this job. Lord, if it's really you, give me this opportunity. Lord, if it's really you, give me this relationship. Lord, if it's really you, I want to be able to become smart enough to pass this class. Lord, if it's really you, whatever it might be. But we're coming up with it, just kind of like Peter came up with it. And then Jesus, in his amazing graciousness, says, come. And he allows us to have whatever the intention of our heart is become a way in which we learn about who he is and his power and his mercy. And so we start stepping out into whatever that is. We start stepping out into whatever it is that that we've come up with. And then all of a sudden, it's going okay for a little bit, and we start to sink. And as we start to sink, we, we start saying, oh, no. And Jesus reaches out his hand and forgives our goof. He reaches out his hand and he says, no, no, I I still love you. I'm still going to rescue you. Now, the amazing thing about this passage in, in Matthew is that this passage in Matthew is a special passage in Matthew because this moment in time is the first moment in time when the disciples call Jesus the Son of God. If you think about that, Jesus has been in a lot of situations already in the Gospel of Matthew where the disciples could have gone, I think this is the guy. I think this is the Son of God. And yet, it's at this moment that something seems to solidify for them where they say, suddenly, now this makes sense. And so it's not necessarily that Jesus stops the storm because Jesus has manipulated a lot with nature up until this point in the Gospel of Matthew. But rather, the thing that Jesus does here in the Gospel of Matthew that triggers the disciples knowing that all of a sudden this truly is the Son of God is that Jesus has just performed a rescue. That is who God is. We don't only worship a God who is powerful because he is powerful, but rather we worship a God who is powerful because that powerful God has the power to rescue us from our sins. We worship a God who is the creator of the universe. We worship the God that when Job gets out of line and questions God, God says, I am this powerful. And yet we worship that God not just because he's powerful, which would be enough for us to worship him, but rather we worship him. We know him to be not only the God of power, but of the God of rescue. The God who says, you are going to goof up, but I will be there to catch you. 
I will be there to rescue you. I will be there to forgive you. I will be there to love you even in the midst of your silliness and even in the midst of your sin. Because it is then that we see Jesus for who he is. The God of the goofs. The God who is God of the heavens. The God who is the God of creation. The God who is the God of all of the angelic hosts. but also the God of us, his disciples, who sometimes can goof up simply in even just our fear of being unable to step out of the boat. Our God is the God who loves us and makes us his disciples despite our mess ups, despite our goofs, who promises to be there for us every single goof, every single mess up, every single time that we do something wrong. He says, I'm going to be there for you. And that gives us the assurance that we need to not be afraid to follow him to step out of the boat. And so may you this week remember that your God is the all-powerful God of all of creation, but may you also remember that your God is the God of the goofs and that he loves you and that he will rescue each and every one of us. May you remember that, and may it encourage you to step out in faith. Amen.